Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast where we are rediscovering the ancient way. Find us at pathdesign.com and here on YouTube, of course. Reach out to us whenever you want to at pathdesignpodcast at gmail.com. We are talking about humility in a chariot. Well, what is that in case you're just tuning in? It is the Acts chapter 8 account, brief as it may be. What is it, 15 verses? Where Philip has this encounter with the Ethiopian eunuch in a chariot riding down the middle of the road. And it is the beautiful intersection of, like I said in part one, of two individuals seeking Yahweh's face, wanting to be a vessel, apparently, to be receiving all that they can of understanding and of action. And we see Philip be told what to do in measure, Very again, very vague instructions at the beginning, but he gets up and he goes in perfect obedience. And then when he gets there, found, he finds this Ethiopian reading the book of Isaiah out loud. The Spirit says to Philip, now go up to the chariot. He, he doesn't just, all right, I, this doesn't make any sense to me, but I'll do it. Uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe in a little while. He runs to the chariot. And so we talked about our first point within this series specifically. Be where Yahweh wants you to be. Be where he wants you. Be found postured and positioned to hear what the Spirit's saying. And then move on that, friend. Don't drag your feet. I'm telling myself that too. And secondly, our second point, which is really our main point, which is be humble. Be like this Ethiopian man who has no problem saying, I've got no idea what I'm reading. I don't understand who this mysterious man is that the prophet wrote about. Who is this guy? Please help me understand. Who can understand this? Humility is key. And we'll move right now into our third point. Our third point within this series is be real. It's very, it's very intimately acquainted with the be humble point. But be where Yahweh wants you, be humble. And the third one is be real. Okay? Now, here, here's the thing, and I think... I think this is probably the hardest one for the for the Christian church that I've known my whole life. I'm fixing to turn 49 years old. For the most part, I've been within Christianity and 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 the doctrines and the mindsets therein. I I got a pretty good gauge. I've been in all kind of flavors, from boring snooze back row Baptist to hyper spirituality to you know signs and wonders and and prophetic and all the different pages upon the book of Christianity. I've pretty much read them all. But I don't see a whole lot of people just willing to be real. It's hard. It is threatening. It is dangerous in many contexts because you if you lay yourself bare before someone, you risk them hurting you and, 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 and not holding that well. I get it. I understand those things. But we have got to consider asking ourselves, are we being real with other people? Um, and, and again, to use the Word of God for what it is, <laughs> we have an example from this Ethiopian of just being honest like we were um, talking about with his humility. He had no problem saying, I don't know what I'm reading. But the problem is we live in a religious climate that demands we act like we know it all. Now, here I am now, and in this ancient way understanding, it is permeated with people who have, who have acquired a whole lot of understanding towards things that the majority Christian church is completely ignorant to. 
in the dark towards. The proper understanding of Torah, a living out of the feast cycle, uh, of, of keeping the fourth commandment and, and understanding the basis of so many things set forth in creation and all of the verbiage about for all generations, and they understand in many ways the full gospel, which we talk about on here, um, that didn't start, you know, in Acts chapter 2 or Yeshua's ascension. Um, you know, they understand so many things, but in many ways, they have the same problem that most all of us do. Is Sometimes it's hard to just say in absolute humility, I don't know. I don't know. I have been doing that for the last several years, two or three to be specific. And it's so freeing to not have to worry about having a perfect doctrinal answer to every question that I'm asked. It is in no way an excuse to not study and to not know. But the reality is, I don't know everything. I can go back through my mind about so many people that I love who like, Live. They wouldn't probably say this, but live like if you don't have an answer for that question, you don't. You don't even know what you're talking about, and it's not true. If you can't show me chapter verse within five minutes, I don't want to talk about it. Not true. If you can't prove it in 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 lightning speed, it's not true. I can't. I can't listen to what you're saying. And friend, that's a real. That's a crippler of the body functioning correctly. We must be real and be willing to just say, I don't know. I don't know. If, if you don't know a biblical fact or truth or doctrine, your faith is perceived as being weak. Um, you're possibly even in unbelief. Um, that's why there's such danger in, in this, this season of, and you see this a lot in like Christian music, Christian artists deconstructing their faith and and questioning their faith. And the, the church has been so hard on them to say, oh, no, you know, Mr. Smith, the lead singer of, you know, the whoever's, he's questioning his faith. Oh, no. As if, like, that's horribly bad and he's going to be an atheist tomorrow. I've always, I've said this even on the program. What if that's good? What if that's good and beneficial and right to just be real and say, you know what? Everything I have learned and added to my life that's even what I would call biblical, I'm just not sure anymore. I'm just not sure in my heart of hearts. It's just not real to me. Friend, which is better? A Christian, a believer, a follower of Jesus? In the, in the public sector or just a nobody on the street, a nobody, an average layman? Is it better to just continually say something that looks great on the outside but has no substance? Is it better for them to continue to do that and write wonderfully penned verses to songs and become famous and, and look good at a youth group gathering and up at a church function? Is that better for them to do that hollow and empty and full of doubts and questions? than to just publicly say, you know what? I just need to be real. I don't know. I don't know about what I've been saying. I don't know about what I've been singing. I don't know about what I've been teaching. I would say it's time to be real. <laughs> but in many cases, sadly, anyone who does that, whether in a public 
forum or just on an individual basis over coffee with a brother, a lot of times you're just seen as ignorant or shamed. Um, or you're, maybe you're just confused. Do you not even know what you believe anymore? It's very detrimental to the body as a whole on an individual basis because it plays out. Um, it's, it's dangerous. It should be okay. <laughs> it should be okay in the body of Messiah to be like this brother in the chariot and say, you know, Philip, I don't know. I don't understand. I'm just being real. I don't know. Okay, so let's put it this way and use the scripture alone as our context to, to um, give an example of what I'm saying. What would this account say? What would be different? Let's, let's just go through. I love making scenarios and, and little, you know, mock stories. Let's just, let's just say that all these accounts leading up to verse 31 are the same. This, this, I believe this is what the Spirit's saying. I'm going to submit that for your consideration as an example. This could be powerful for anyone who's listening. So, in verse 26, again, let, just follow along. An angel speaks to Philip and says, get up and go to this road that descends from Jerusalem to Gaza. Just go, okay? Everything, again, is the same. He gets up and he goes. Equally, this, this Ethiopian, he is coming back somewhere, somewhere in his journey from Jerusalem. Still, just like the account. Verse 29, the Spirit says to Philip, go and join the chariot. Just like, just like the full account, we're, we're word for word, right on, right on time here. Verse 30, Philip runs up to the chariot, and he hears the Ethiopian reading the book of Isaiah. And he says to the eunuch, do you understand what you're reading, brother? Let's stop right there. What if, what if the Ethiopian responds like many of us have been guilty of doing many times over? Oh, yeah, I do. Yeah. I understand completely, brother. Thanks for asking, though. Thanks. Got it. I understand it fully. So this, this, the entire account would shift right there with one little change where if the Ethiopian was not humble and was not real. And friends, here we are. Here we are. This is so powerful to me. Friend, please listen to what I'm proposing and examine your heart and say, Father, show me like a light. I've got these bright lights around me. I want to just pull one in onto my heart for an example. Just say, show me, Father, where in the world, in my heart, in my life, I do this. I do this. Because, friend, if the Ethiopian had said, oh, yeah, I understand it fully, yet he had not, Number one, he was a liar. But number two, the most important part is he would not have had the revelation of the Messiah coming and fulfilling Isaiah's prophecy. He would not have got in the water. He would not have returned to his household. And as history says, he may have been the one that brought the full gospel to Ethiopia itself. There are accounts in history about how the gospel spread all throughout Ethiopia. And I've said in previous recordings, it probably came through this guy. It probably came and arrived to his geographical location via his mouth by personal revelation and personal testimony. So, friend, listen to what I'm saying. If we're not 
humble. And if we're not real, we risk in our own arrogance and in, in unwillingness to be found as ones who don't know it all, we might be missing out on a major revelation that can only come through another brother, that can only come through someone else. Now, I'm getting ahead of myself, but that needs said right here, right now. Because again, with this alternate option, if you will, of what I'm creating in fiction, if in verse 30, um, the Ethiopian was asked, do you understand what you're reading? If in verse 31, he would have said yes, instead of would have been real, his life would not have changed forever. And the life of his children and his children's children and his neighbor. You know what I'm saying? This is how important it is, friend, for us to be humble and to be real. In our arrogance, in our pride, and in our unwillingness to say we don't know it all, we are hindering the work of the Spirit in our lives. All of us. All of us. I've heard many people say, I don't need anybody to teach me. I have Holy Spirit. I camped there myself for years so I can speak to that point. Friend, it's arrogance and it's pride. It is arrogant to say, I have everything I need. I have everything I need right here. Okay, well, then you do not understand the Living Stones reality. You don't understand the capital P people that Yahweh our Father is pursuing and desiring to come to pass on the earth. You don't understand being a sojourner. You don't understand leaving the ways of the nations and coming into the ways of the Father and leaving the Goyim nations, which you were a part of, a greater outplay, to come into... I'm just saying, friend, you don't understand then. Because... This individual, me and Jesus, that's what, man, people I love would tell me that all the time. It's not about anybody else. It's not about anything else. It's all about this. It's all about me and Jesus. No way, no how. That's not what my Bible says. That is not what my Bible says. My Father wants a people. He does not want some individual me and Jesus relationship that never goes any further than that. If that's what he wanted, we would not see what we do in Acts chapter 8. The Ethiopian would not have needed Philip. He would have got the revelation on his own because he held Isaiah in his hands. Do we understand the law and the prophets birthed the Acts 2 church? The body on the other side of Messiah ascending and Holy Spirit coming down? That church was being that body of believers was being engulfed with the fires of, of the new covenant reality by, by reading and teaching in the synagogues the law and the prophets. <laughs> Our arrogance hinders us, friends. This me and Jesus stuff, and I have everything because I have Holy Spirit and I have a Bible. Then tell that to the eunuch. Tell that Ethiopian brother he did not need Philip that day. Well, that's different. No, it is not. No, it's not. It's even the same epoch of time that we're in today. If you're a dispensation guy, explain that one. Well, we don't need any other people now. Well, then why did the Ethiopian need, need Philip? Why? He had Isaiah. He had the, he had the prophecy. This text clearly shows... The Spirit orchestrating a beautiful intersection between two men. I'm afraid that many people miss out on this. 
because of the individual-based solo spiritual journey teachings that we don't need anybody else. We got Holy Spirit. We are lacking if we are alone. We're lacking if we're riding along on our chariot and somebody challenges us with a tough question that may offend us and say, Brother, do you understand what you're reading? Maybe, maybe just one time we can say like the Ethiopian brother, unless unless someone shows me, I've got no idea. I'm like that right this millisecond towards so many things. Unless somebody explains this to me, I'm never going to understand it. And I pray. And I deny myself. And I study endlessly. And I invite the brothers into my life to help me to learn, to grow, and to even, by by example we see here, to have revelation of something I do not presently possess. An overview as we wrap up. Humility in a chariot from Acts chapter 8. They come upon water. The Ethiopian is ready to jump in and be immersed. The light came on. And in this circumstance, Father used another individual. Why? (laughs) The help of another. (laughs) Someone that knew something he did not know. The revelation of Messiah came through a brother who knew something he did not yet know. An action followed. The great treasure that is within this text for us, if we will get this principle. Most of us have grown up within religious confines that shame us for asking for counsel or wisdom towards a matter, unless maybe, unless maybe it's a pastor or a priest. You can go to the the wise ones who are, you know, they know it all. somehow makes us less spiritual. And I'm not going to get into this, but that's part of the hierarchical problem within the the state church that whether it's Roman Catholic or, or Southern Baptist, it's all the same, which is the thumb of go to the man that knows it all. We're not talking about that. I'm not presenting that now. I hope that doesn't need explained. We've become isolated. We've become narrow-minded. And thereby we're ignorant, like in the literal sense, we're very ignorant because we will, we'll just figure it out ourselves. And thereby we're lacking and doctrinally one-dimensional <laughs> because we've not depended upon one another to help us spiritually mature. All of us have been guilty in running to videos or sermons or church attendance or books or Bible verses that already support what we already believe. Right? How many, and this is just a question, you can answer it and I'll never know. How many times do you deliberately look into a subject that you purposely endeavor to look into and study from a vantage point that disagrees with your, pro, with your present moment doctrinal opinion? How many times do you deliberately watch a teaching video Or read a text from a differing vantage point. Or entertain the teachings of another brother that you do not agree with at all. How many times do you do that with an open heart and mind to to say, maybe he knows something I don't know. I've been doing that for a couple years. But I still have to be very deliberate. 
All of us tend to fall towards, eh, I just want to continue to, to reestablish what I already believe. I just want to continue to, to just regurgitate, really, what I already know. That's why I'm always saying to so many people, and it's offensive, hey, can we get past sin and salvation? When, when will the church ever move past sin? When will we ever stop talking about just how to sin less? We should be maturing. And I say we, we have to do that by listening to other people and listening to others' counsel and opinions. It would do us well to practice looking to others to answer questions that we ourselves will not be properly, properly capable of answering alone. In fullness. In fullness. I'm, I say this all the time. If you look at your life and you can't find anything that you don't have full understanding towards right now, you have a problem. Chew on that one for a moment. If there's not something that you are really wrestling with according to the Word of God, towards understanding towards, I would say, I, this, I'm just saying may, maybe I'm wrong, that that reveals a problem. <laughs> because this contains more than any human being can ever get perfect, full understanding towards if we studied every second of our lives that we're awake. The more I study, the more I don't know. The more I realize I don't know. The more I realize I've had improper understanding towards, or, or the more I realize I'm just wrong. <laughs> I'm just wrong. <laughs> we are all deficient. If you know me personally, or if you watch this program with regularity, you know I'm always repeating this as my mantra. We are all deficient. I want to challenge you to consider asking Father to reveal to you your own need for spiritual counsel that does not originate in your own self, that doesn't originate with you <laughs> and what you prefer or what you already believe or what endorses what you already doctrinally stand upon. I wonder if the Ethiopian considered... I wonder if he did this. And look at this, right? If he continued reading on... This is Isaiah 56. If he's reading the prophet Isaiah, he, he imagine this. He probably would have read this at some point. Um, let's just do four. He's talking, the, Yahweh is speaking about obedience to him and promises, covenantal promises, if you, when you. He says this in verse 3 of Isaiah 56. Neither let the eunuchs say, Behold, I'm a dry tree. For thus says Yahweh Elohim to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths and choose what pleases me and hold fast to my covenant, to them, the eunuchs, <laughs> I will give in my house and within my walls a memorial, a name better than, than sons and daughters. I'll give them, the eunuchs, an everlasting name which will not be cut off. And then this to the foreigners. I just wonder if like, then he read that. It's like, that's me. That's me. <laughs> A revelation of the fullness of the invitation to become Yahweh's people if we keep his covenantal commands. Perhaps like the Ethiopian eunuch in our example here, revelation awaits us. 
if, 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 if we are willing to rely upon Father using other men to help fulfill His purposes in our life. Father wants to use His body to teach, counsel, and assist each other in order to move all of us from where we are to where He wants us to be. So I ask you this question, friend. Do you need anyone else in your life? How how dependent upon others are you? And I don't mean dependent like, oh, well, I've sat in so many gatherings. Well, they're just too codependent. They always have to have someone helping them. They always have to have someone to talk to. We don't need to be codependent. We have everything we need in Holy Spirit and the Word of God. And it's, it's me and him now. It's all about this. I don't agree with that. Because I don't believe that's what the Bible speaks to. Because it will not be me and Jesus hanging out in New Jerusalem for all of eternity. There will be a governmental order. Torah will go forth from Zion. There will be Sabbaths. (laughs) And there will be a people. And so I just want to use this text in in Acts chapter 8 to challenge us to find humility in a chariot by looking at this man's life who was humble, who was real, and who did his part to be where Yahweh wanted him to be. And the intersection reality is Philip did likewise. And friends, if we are not doing this actively, actively, it's not going to happen by accident. If we're not actively pursuing the body of Messiah at all costs, we will be even more deficient than we already are. And we will be one-dimensional. And we will go to our graves lacking revelation. I want to point you back to a few minutes ago with my alternate ending, if you will, for the Ethiopian. If when he was asked the question, do you understand what you're reading? What if he would have looked at Philip because he's holding this beautiful scroll worth probably the equivalent of millions of dollars today. And he looks down at Philip in Philip's lowly condition and says, I understand it fully, brother. Thank you. And he went about his way. Friend, he would have. I don't know. <laughs> what we know for sure is he would not have had the revelation right then and there that he did of, of Yeshua Messiah coming. And bringing the new covenant promise, just like what was prophesied in the book of Isaiah. So consider that, won't you? Be humble. Be real. Be where Yahweh wants you to be. Everything else has got to be secondary. So I want to challenge you to do that. I'm thankful for the word of Elohim being living and active. Cutting us up, slice and dice. For any of those of us who are willing to be contrite in our heart and and submissive and yielded to the principles within his word. You've been watching the Pat to Zion podcast. We are rediscovering the ancient way here. It's a beautiful way. Do you know it, friend? I pray that you do. If you don't, and if this sparks any questions at all, friend, be humble and reach out to us. And chances are I will not even know an answer, but I'll know brothers who will. That's the beauty of this this 
organism that as each cell functions together, I believe that Holy Spirit will speak to us all the components to help establish the whole. Reach out to us at pathdesignpodcast at gmail.com. Subscribe to the channel if you would like to get more content like this. I thank you for watching. Amen.